Lows dipped to around 20 degrees on Monday in lowland areas of northern Taiwan. Forecasters say the weather will be dry and cool over the next few days until at least Thursday, with wet weather making a return on Friday. They add that a tropical disturbance to the east of the Philippines could soon strengthen into a storm which could affect Taiwan. Let's hear from a forecaster. We won't know with more certainty whether the tropical disturbance will affect us until after Wednesday. The likelihood that it will strengthen into a storm is quite high. We'll continue monitoring its path. Though the next few days of the week will likely provide some respite from the heavy rains of the past two weeks, big temperature swings are coming in. With warming temperatures on Wednesday and Friday, daily temperatures may vary by as much as 10 degrees. A luxury campsite has launched at Taizong's famous Gaomei Wetlands. The seaside wetlands are a major tourist attraction offering a wealth of wildlife and stunning natural views. Nearby wind turbines are another local landmark. The large lotus tents at the site need lots of protection from ocean monsoons. Glamping fans who want a seaside vacation are booking the site up. Gaomei Wetlands in Taichung's Qingshui district. Every year, 2.5 million people come here to enjoy the breathtaking sunsets, as well as the beautiful bird life and rich ecosystem. Now a luxury campsite has been set up right beside the wetlands. Blue and pink shell-shaped tents intermingle. Step straight from the wetlands into the tent. There's a cosy white double bed, a sofa, heater and aircon. These 27 four-person tents are set up ready for visitors to enjoy. Camping used to be just on the mountains. It's my first time at the seaside. You can watch the sunset and then eat dinner. It's quite a new and original idea. Camping by the sea has its perks. Fresh local fish. But if number one seaside drive isn't for you, how about number one Windmill Avenue? As we enter northeast monsoon season in October, strong winds are one of the Qingshui Coast's big exports. And here there's a front row view. Staff attach windbreaks to stakes. An extra 10 ropes are needed to hold down the lotus tents in this weather. The glamping company has made solid plans to protect the tents from the monsoon winds. If the wind speed reaches level 7, we will offer guests alternative dates for the stay free of charge or a full refund. The campsite has chosen to launch itself straight into monsoon season. But early adopters don't seem to mind the bracing winds. The site is fully booked up at weekends and holidays until Lunar New Year. Halloween is almost here, and some of Taiwan's biggest hotels are ready to cash in on the festivities. At one big hotel, you can enjoy a full Halloween dinner experience with ghosts for waiters and skulls for company. At another hotel, it's all about the spooky treats. Let's take a look at some of the goosebump-inducing fun on offer. Garlic and onion are sautéed and joined in the pan by fresh cuttlefish, octopus and mussels. On a roaring flame, the seafood is quickly bursting with flavor. Then comes a splash of white wine, stock and a special pumpkin sauce. And the pan is simmered to produce a mouth-watering dish. This jack-o'-lantern risotto is ready, but the tour de force is yet to come. Walk inside this room to be greeted by low lights and spooky music. Skulls and cobwebs adorn every corner, as well as waiters dressed as ghosts 
spooky. This hotel has already gotten in the Halloween mood. Guests who spend a certain amount can experience this unforgettable, spooky, scary room. When you eat in this room, there's a real Halloween atmosphere. The background music gives you shivers. We're aiming for young people and clients who like to travel abroad. Together, we can experience Halloween. We expect profits to grow by 10% or more. Meanwhile, at this hotel, you can enjoy a series of spooky sweet treats. How about this Halloween gingerbread house decorated with eyeballs? Or this luxury Halloween charcuterie board? We're holding loads of related events, but most importantly, parents can bring their children along to dress up and join us. So we expect the profits from these two weekends to bring in growth of 20 to 30 percent. Halloween can be big business for hotel chains. If you're a fan of the creepy and the spine tingling, make sure to get in on the fun. Are you a fan of barbecue? If you are, perhaps you sometimes wonder if processed meats are a health risk. Well, researchers at National Yangming Jiaotong University asked themselves that question. They recently published a two-year-long study on the sources of nitrates in Taiwanese diets. Nitrates are associated with cancer, and it used to be a health trend to avoid processed meat in an effort to cut nitrates out. But are meats the only source of nitrates? By no means. We spoke to the team to learn more. At one point, everybody was saying that processed meat products were full of carcinogens like nitrates. Don't eat too much, they said. But a new study from National Yaming Jiaotong University has found that the biggest source of nitrates and nitrites in Taiwanese diets are in fact vegetables and rice. For Taiwanese people, the intake from sausages, hot dogs, ham and bacon is less than the intake from rice and vegetables. We can go one step further and calculate the percentage of nitrate intake represented by each food item. Vegetables and rice represent vastly more than sausages, hot dogs, hams and bacon items. The research team visited traditional markets, wholesalers and supermarkets across Taiwan from September 2018 to May 2020. They selected 42 commonly consumed items. After cooking them, they tested the nitrates they contained and found that the biggest nitrate source was brassicaceae vegetables. That means bok choy and rapeseed, among other leafy vegetables. Processed meats such as sausages, hot dogs, ham, and bacon were higher in nitrites. Both nitrates and nitrites were less concentrated in rice. But after considering how much rice we eat, the team found that vegetables and rice were by far the bigger sources of nitrates than processed meats. The cardiovascular benefit of Taiwanese dietary habits is greater than the risk posed by nitrates and nitrites. In terms of risk, it is negligible. The research looked into the dietary benefits and risk assessment of nitrates and nitrites. We were not directly researching the link between cancer and processed meats like sausages. More nitrates doesn't pose a cancer risk alone. The International Agency for Research on Cancer says nitrites only lead to a cancer risk if they are consumed together with amines, which are found in meat and fish and in an overall acidic environment. Fruit and vegetables alone are not a worry, in other words. We must add fruit and veg. Why? Because they contain reductants, which are antioxidants. So that suppresses the route by which it would cause cancer. Nitrates and nitrous acid are all part of the nitrogen cycle, which exists in nature. Consuming them in suitable quantities can actually reduce heart disease risks. 
The key thing is to maintain balance in your diet and not go overboard with any one foodstuff. The gelatinous snow fungus is a popular ingredient in traditional desserts and folk medicine in Taiwan, touted for its alleged health benefits. However, the Department of Health in Taipei has found four imported brands of the fungus to contain excessive levels of pesticides. The products have been recalled, and the department has taken action against violators. In Taiwan, snow fungus-based preparations are marketed as containing high levels of colloids and fiber, and the fungus is often added to recipes as a nutritional supplement. Taipei's Department of Health on Monday announced that it had found four random samples of dried snow fungus in the market that contain chlormaquat chloride, an insect growth regulator used as an insecticide. Four snow fungus samples were found to contain pesticide residue that exceeded the standards. The packaging on two of them claimed that they had been accredited by SGS as containing no pesticides. Since our samples found that not to be true, that constitutes mislabeling. Chlormaquat chloride is a legal insecticide, but it is not used on fungi, such as the snow fungus. The four samples found to be violating rules were all products imported from China. The Taipei Department of Health has ordered sellers to take the affected products off shelves and says it will find violators. The products were found to contain excessive levels of pesticides. That goes against 0.5 in paragraph 1 of Article 15 in the Act Governing Food Safety and Sanitation, which forbids the sale of foods with pesticides exceeding the permissible tolerance. According to Article 44 in that same act, violators shall be fined between 60,000 and 200 million NT. Taipei's Department of Health urged consumers to avoid products with unnatural coloring and choose products with good packaging and clear labeling. It also advises consumers to wash produce with running water before cooking to get rid of pesticide residue. The CCC says COVID numbers went down from 14.8% from last week. Health officials on Monday announced that several COVID measures will be eased starting November 7th. COVID patients who test negative on day 7 of isolation will no longer be required to do 7 days of health monitoring. COVID contacts who are not fully vaccinated and who live with COVID patients won't have to isolate for 3 days and can instead do 7 days of self-health management. Proof of vaccination will no longer be necessary at certain events and venues, and temperature screenings won't be required in public spaces. With the local elections right around the corner, the question on everyone's mind is whether rules will be further eased so that COVID patients can exercise their right to vote. CECC head Victor Wong says that the government currently has no plans to remove isolation periods for COVID patients, adding that many countries around the world still have some form of movement restrictions on infected people. A team of Taiwanese volunteers is soon to visit Nepal on a medical support trip. 20 doctors and 60 other medical volunteers will hold charitable clinics and build up medical infrastructure in Nepal. Their broad range of services will include CPR training and donations to enable kidney transplants in the Himalayan nation. The trip is organized by the Rotary International. They know the CPR protocol by heart. This team of volunteers will spread knowledge of CPR and AED procedures in Nepal. Shown here shouting a slogan, the team also visited Nepal in 2019. 
This year, they've convened 20 doctors from five disciplines and 60 other volunteers to run charitable clinics for more than 5,000 people. The trip begins on October 29th. We've prepared 3.6 million NT in funds to buy all sorts of things such as ultrasound equipment and medicine to take to the charity clinics in Nepal. We believe the final costs of the trip are sure to exceed 10 million NT. Rotary International made an exhibition of objects the team will take, including ultrasound and eye testing equipment. The team includes Chief Huang Maoshuan, former director Chiu Hongji, and Taipei City Hospital Superintendent Chu Dacheng. The GDP per capita in Nepal is less than 1,000 US dollars, which is one of the lowest in the world, so their incomes and resources are insufficient. As well as running the charity clinics, we will also donate to a kidney transplant center. Just as last time, in 2019, we donated to a cardiac catheter clinic to help the local people in Nepal. The volunteers will donate their time and expertise, but also help to build up the medical infrastructure of Nepal's hospitals, building a bridge between the peoples of Nepal and Taiwan. Many of us use the easy card for the MRT buses or shopping, but what about using it overseas? Well, starting November 7th, you'll be able to use the easy card in Okinawa. Some 2,000 locations in the southern Japanese prefecture will ex accept the smart card from Taiwan as a form of payment. This is the first time that the Easy Card is making a foray into foreign country, and officials hope that this will boost tourism flows between Taiwan and Japan. Let's hear from an Easy Card manager. There are several options. First, you can add value while you're in Taiwan. Second, you can use the supercard on your smartphone. And third, the most convenient is our joint branded card, which automatically tops up without you physically putting money in. But be sure to know which card you are using. And remember to go to our company's official website to register. Only then can you use it overseas. Taipei Mayor Ko Wenzhe, along with officials from Easy Card Corporation, Taiwan's representative office in Okinawa, and the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, jointly announced a new initiative. The card offers a better exchange rate than cash and has no service charge, making traveling even more convenient. Taiwan's Minister of National Defense, Kuo Chou Guozhen, on Monday reiterated that the military is always ready to respond to China's threats. The comments came after a reshuffling of military officials in China after the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, many of the leaders in China's top military body are people familiar with Taiwan operations as well as people with battle experience. The reshuffling has been interpreted as a signal that the PLA will be more focused on Taiwan over the next five years. The 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party closed on Sunday, and party officials have been shuffled to different government positions. Over in the Central Military Commission, former Eastern Theater Command Head General He Weidong received a double promotion to become the commission's vice chair. The move has been interpreted as a signal that the PLA will be more focused on Taiwan in the near future. Ho Weidong has experience in the Eastern Theater Command, and its foundation is quite strong. We won't make any significant changes. It's all a gradual process. 
The new vice chair previously was for a long time a major general with the former 31st Group Army in Fujian, now known as the 73rd Group Army, which specializes in Taiwan operations. The large-scale military exercises around Taiwan earlier in August were done following a plan by He. According to Taiwan's defense minister, it is apparent that China has been preparing to make a move on Taiwan. Most of the Central Military Commission officials were born in 1955 or later, so getting young people allows them to be in service for a long time. It shows they've been preparing. The Central Military Commission is the highest national defense organization in China and is chaired by Chinese leader Xi Jinping. And in the committee that leads the commission, it's not just her who has experience with Taiwan. Miao Hua, who was renewed for another term, started off his military career in Fujian and is very familiar with the PLA's Taiwan operations. There's also Vice Chair Zhang Youxia and the newly appointed Liu Zhenli, who was just added to the committee. Both of them are among the few officials who have experience in battle. Taiwan's defense minister says Taiwan's armed forces are always ready to respond to conflict. Our military is always battle-ready. We have never been worried about war breaking out. Our military is ready to respond to whatever may happen in the next minute or the next hour. The defense minister reiterated that Taiwan's military would always be ready to respond to any threat. Vice President Lai Qingde is gearing up for his third state visit to Palau as VP. This time, his delegation will include tourism officials and members of the press. The presidential office says the state visit will help it strengthen ties with the ally country and help it launch an increase in bilateral tourism and other exchanges. Lai will also attend events marking cooperation between the two countries in medicine, infrastructure and sports. President Tsai Ing-wen last visited ally nation Palau in March 2019. Now it's Vice President Lai Qingde's turn to make the trip. The political and economic climate is changing rapidly, both at home and abroad. The president must remain in the country to ensure the smooth operation of state affairs. Therefore, the president has assigned Vice President Lai Tingde the task of going on a three-day, two-night state visit. Tsai is sending Lai on a state visit to Palau, where he will be tasked with promoting tourism between the two countries and strengthening bilateral ties. Lai's delegation is scheduled to depart on November 1st and arrive in Palau at 1 p.m. local time. During the trip, he will meet with Palau and President Surangal Whips Jr. and visit the Palau National Congress, as well as attend the groundbreaking ceremony for the construction of a new road in the country. Lai is also expected to meet with skilled Taiwanese in Palau helping locals with various projects and to attend a state banquet. On day two of his visit, Lai will visit the Rock Islands with whips, and on day three, he will attend ceremonies for two cooperative projects. Those projects are a remote medicine clinic being established in conjunction with Taiwan's Xingang Wuhosu Memorial Hospital and an equipment donation to the Palau Major League. This will be followed by a luncheon with the media, after which Lai's delegation will return to Taiwan. Taiwan Taiwan is willing to work with Palau to boost tourism and the economy. From November 16th, Taiwan will reinstate regular direct flights to Palau and revive exchanges between the two countries. This will be Lai's third state visit during his time as VP. Now that the pandemic is winding down, his delegation this time will include government officials from the Tourism Bureau as well as members of the press. The roughly 100-person delegation will be Lai's largest to date. 
Democracy activists concerned with Russia's and China's expansionist ambitions are meeting in Taipei this week for the World Movement for Democracy Summit. The annual event, organized by the Washington-based National Endowment for Democracy, networks global individuals and organizations for the purpose of promoting democracy. This year's meeting, being held in Taipei, is being attended by NED Chair Kenneth Wallach and several other key global figures in the movement to protect democracy. National Endowment for Democracy Chair Kenneth Wallach and Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Ressa met with President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday. The meeting follows China's National Congress and comes a day before the 11th World Movement for Democracy Assembly opens in Taipei. During the meeting, Tsai called for unity in the face of challenges to democracy. Democracy worldwide is currently faced with the challenge of expanding authoritarianism. We are seeing authoritarian regimes engage in economic, information and cognitive warfare in an attempt to destabilize democratic systems worldwide. Only through the unity of democracies can we form a strong alliance capable of resisting the challenges brought on by authoritarianism. We are honored to be here at this important time to demonstrate solidarity with Taiwan and your democratic path. Tsai ensured her international visitors that in the face of continual threats of invasion from China, Taiwan is constantly strengthening its military. This year's assembly will be attended by representatives from Ukraine, as well as several other democracy activists who are sharing their experiences in resisting authoritarianism. I very much look forward to exchanging ideas with our global democratic partners on the issues of strengthening our resistance to disinformation, mobilizing the population for defense and other issues. I also look forward to strengthening our alliance of global democracies. Madam President, your democratic model and Taiwan's commitment to advance human freedom globally remain strong. And Taiwan is a demonstration once again that democratic rule can be led by a strong woman. This year's World Democracy Movement Assembly will be attended by over 200 democracy activists from 70 countries. Their decision to meet in Taipei shows the importance that democratic world places on Taiwan and the world's resolve to stand in unity against authoritarian aggression.